We got a new contract to talk about. We've got the red and blacks to finally talk about. And we have 16 through 18 in our Sabres money and power list. That is all ahead in the Lockdown Sabres podcast, Jody Biasi and Jordan Hanson. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When is the last time the Sabres crowd chanted, na, 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 hey, hey, goodbye? When's the last time we heard that chant in the arena? It's been been a decade. had to be, right? Yeah, it would be like closing out a series, right? Like, Yeah. Did we do it to Eichel? I don't think so. I don't. I don't remember that. No, I. Kinda, I remember like electric pops whenever, like when, mm-hmm. especially when when Tuck scored um, off his turnover. But no, I don't. I don't think we've done that in a long time. Yeah, I. I think it could have been appropriate on uh, Eichel's return against Vegas, but it. I don't remember it happening, and I was in the building. Um, Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin, locked on Sabers. Really fun show today. I cannot wait to talk about the latest Sabres news and not necessarily uh, talk about the UPL contract, but that is something exciting or interesting to talk about on today's show. So we'll talk about Lukanen's contract and what that means for the Sabres goaltending situation, 16 through 18 in our Sabres money and power list. If you missed our last episode, 21, Jeff Skinner, 20, Ryan Johnson, 19, Jerry Fortin. Today I'll have 16, through 18 as always be sure to check out our uh social media i'm at sneaky joe sports on twitter jordan's at jr hanskin there is now an edit button on twitter at least it's being tested are you pro edit button is there any reason to not be uh pro at pro edit button on twitter um as a typo guy like yeah it would be nice um but i don't know i i don't i i I have not been like banging down the door for it. I don't need it. I did the count. I did see one counter argument. The one counter argument I saw was you could retweet or like somebody's tweet. They go back a week later and change it to something completely different. So you could retweet me saying that was a great shot by Tage Thompson. And then a week later I go back and say, chicken wings are terrible. And suddenly you have endorsed chicken wings are terrible. Oh, little false flag operations. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be like a mechanism in there, right? That like you can't, you can't, uh, you can't change, change the main idea, right? Like somehow they got to flag that. Like, hey, you did <laughs> all these words are different. What's going on here? Um, some trickery, some tomfoolery <laughs> going on. But that's only in uh, testing phase right now. But anyways, at Sneaky Joe Sports at JR Hanskin, check out our YouTube channel and uh, be sure to like and subscribe us wherever you may be listening. We love when you leave a review, so. Uh, Thankful with you can uh, do that as well. We got to start with the news of the day. And if you're watching on our YouTube channel, we're going to do what the Sabres did on their social media handles and uh, some of their promos that they've put up. Red and black is back. The Sabres (laughs) announcing yesterday, they didn't show the jerseys, but they did show us a new logo, an updated Goathead logo, which will be the... uh, the logo crest on a new Sabres third jersey. I was getting pessimistic this was going to happen. We had the leak 
last week about a blue and gold goat head. I think that might still happen, but we'll get to that in just a second. But what do we have so far? We have the Sabres, all their cool social media videos, is having fun with it. Alex Tuck is having fun with it. He grew up a Sabre fan in the red and black era. It's a cool time to be a Sabre fan, Jordan, of our age. And it's almost emotional for me because they're going to wear the uniforms. Where They're going to wear what I grew up and what we grew up. Like, that was the Sabres. And it's been largely ignored since they got rid of it. 12 games. Man, 12 games. Like, it's – I'm – I couldn't be happier that they're they're actually doing this. Yeah, it's I mean when you think about it that's oh that's a lot of the season um that they're investing in this. Um the more I think about it too, I think that these are going to be here to stay. Um for one, they took the effort to updating the logo. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't need to do that. They're just going to do like a one year one off um retro jersey. Yeah. Um and if they're going to have like a reverse retro that also features the same logo, like part of me thinks that this could potentially be a thing that they, they keep going back to. I'm trying to think of other teams that have like a retro uniform. They keep going back to, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's going to be like the coyotes where it like takes over again, but yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I'm excited. I, I, th- from my understanding of how this is going to work, from my understanding is this is going to be their alternate for a minimum of three years because mm-hmm. the NHL has had rules that it has to be a minimum of three years. If you're going to create an alternate logo or an alternate Jersey. And that's always happened, right? The, uh, the, it, the last time the Sabres would have had a third Jersey that wasn't the reverse retros because that's like its own series was the yellow third jerseys and fans hated those, but they didn't scrap them right away. They wore them for a couple of years because they that was like in writing that that had to be done. So I I don't know this a hundred percent locked down, but I've heard that that's still the case. That when you have a third jersey and you submit it and you get it you get it approved by the NHL that it's got to be a certain minimum of years. So I think this is staying. I think this is staying for a couple of years at least. I'd like it to stay in perpetuity. You know, I don't need tw- 12 games. Is awesome. I love having the 12 games. I don't necessarily need 12 games every year, but give me at least a couple in perpetuity. But I love that they're going to have a fourth of their home games this year wearing the red and black. Do you like the logo change? I mean, there are subtle differences. So I'm showing the differences in our YouTube channel from the old logo to the new logo. It's very subtle, right? Like some of the, like the, on the back left of the logo, like the, the, the black marks have been changed a little bit. They took one of the shades of gray out um, of the logo entirely. So I, I, I guess, what do you like think of the modernization of it? I think it's much more, I don't think the dragon thing that we <laughs> fell for, yes. like this one is much more obviously a buffalo. For, for those that don't know, by the way, what is the, <laughs> what is the dragon thing? Uh, it, facing the left i guess right is how i would describe it and there's like thinking the logo uh, goes from left to right (laughs) right yeah um but i i said i made a joke on twitter today that like if you didn't see the dragon then you probably didn't hear the polar bear express bell either like you just don't (laughs) like you just don't believe in things Uh um but yeah like i i actually don't like the more i look at the new one Mm -hmm. like i kind of like it like it's growing on me um, I think it is like sharper. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's still keeping with like, it is the same logo. It's just like, right. 
more polished, I guess you would say. Yes, it's certainly it's certainly more polished. I think taking that gray out throughout the logo, that one shade really makes it look a lot sharper. And also, yeah. you could tell the difference. It's just a, a straight red outline as opposed to red then gray, and it's a brighter red. I like that too, right? Doesn't that make it look sharper? Just the the outline difference. For sure, it look it look it looks kind of like it's glowing too. Um, yeah. do you think that that has any in like input on what color the jersey is gonna be? I think it's gonna be black. I think it leans black as well. That's what I was gonna say. They've also the had a outline. Lot, all their alternates lately have been white, right? The winter, mm-hmm. the winter classic, the heritage classic, the reverse retro with the crossing swords. Everything's been white, so I think they're gonna be black. And the other part of this conversation now is um, what are they going to do with the reverse retros? Because the leak last week was a blue and gold goat head. We'll see if that still happens. Everyone's going to have a reverse retro. So I think that's maybe it's going to be a white jersey that's blue and gold with the goat head. That's kind of interesting too, right? Because that would mean two jerseys this year with the goat head on it. Yeah, right. Like, I don't I don't know. Because last year they did the the sword with the the swords. Um, yeah, I guess like, I wonder if the leak though, like the more I think, like, was it like a smoke screen for this and like yeah. the, the reverse retro could be anything else. Like they could go back. I would love for them to go back to that script Buffalo from 2010. That would be cool. I would love some version of that, but, but, but it does seem unlikely. It seems like that's probably what they're going to do though, is have like a, like a blue and gold version of that in mm-hmm. addition to this. Yeah. I, again, though, I can't, I can't emphasize how much like I, I think there are two sides of this logo's history and this Jersey's history. And I think, I think everyone now kind of has an understanding of each other. There's not a fight here. It's just, everyone kind of understands each other. You have fans that grew up with the French connection and Perot and Martin and Robert and the set, the 75 season. And I, I think those fans of that age have every right in the world to hate this logo and to hate this uniform because they really should have never changed. They should have never changed. They had great jerseys and you had a good history and to completely throw that out the window for something that is so impossibly different, just in color scheme too, not even just in the logo. I could get why fans of that age hate it. But I do think they also do now understand, although I hate it, I, the fans of our age, Jordan, when we grew up, this was the Sabres. And it's not right to ignore that because they had some of their best seasons with that jersey. They had teams we fell in love with, players we fell in love with with that jersey. And that, again, that was the Sabres for us. Growing up, that was the Sabres. And it, it, it never felt right to me that it would be ignored forever. Um, and they're now embracing it. They're embracing it. There's a, what is that age range, by the way? Is it 25 to 35, maybe? That would have grown up with that jersey? Yeah, right. Like you probably started watching the Sabres at like, I mean, for me, I started watching the Sabres at like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so from then to whenever it ended. So yeah, so like, yeah, it's black and red. 25 to 35. It's about right. Um, but I was going to say, yeah, like I agree with you wholeheartedly, like the sentimental value of this. My entire bathroom as a kid was mm. the red and black Sabres mm. with like a poster of the Hashik and like everything. Like we had all, like it was, everything was red and black in there. 
Um, yeah. And that was, I think that was what my brother wanted. Um, so like, yeah, like there is like, like, this is going to like be really, really cool. I saw people breaking out their old gear that they had, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I saw a cool shirt that had like the entire roster of mm-hmm. the, the Oh five Oh six team. It's just tons of cool stuff with it. Um, Hopefully they bring some of like the players back and stuff like that too. I think that would be cool. Um, oh, I, I but, think they will. They're having a nineties night. The first time they wear these on November 23rd against the blues and I nineties night. I mean, Hashik's coming back maybe for that. Um, Pekka would make sense for that. Try to think. This is actually a good exercise that Matt Bovee was doing the other day from Channel 7 on Twitter. Who are the five players you most remember in black and red? He had Hashik number one. Um, we're a Hashik. little young for Hashik because he leaves when we're six. So I, he is, though, on my list. He'd be on my list of like the five sabers I think of in black and red. Um, so I got Hashik. Yeah. Like off the top of my head, I'll say Hashik. I got Shatan. Um, Shatan. For sure, um, I wouldn't about, even I wouldn't even know about Pekka really. The Pekka. Jitnik, Jitnik, oh for sure, Jitnik. Um, Dumont, Dumont, right? And he didn't Dumont even was wear. my favorite. Dumont was my favorite player. Dumont might be the best player to only wear black and red, right? Because he shows up in 01, they're already wearing black and red, and he leaves after 05-06. Even Shatan would have worn blue and gold at one point. Miller wore blue and gold at one point. Briere and Drury did. Dumont is only black and red. Kind of like that. Yeah, no, I, I kind of like that. Like, Because there aren't many guys that only wore yeah. red and black. Because Briere and Drury didn't. They I'm, wore the, the slug. That's an interesting trivia. I'm going to try to find the list of players that only wore black and red for the Sabres. I think um, it's got to be the best. Maybe I, Jitnik, the Jitnik wore blue, right? Jitnik would have worn blue and gold. Yep. Uh, beforehand. Um, Marty even double zero wore blue and gold. <laughs> like everyone did at some point. Yeah. Um, a Finnegan off also a hundred percent on my list. He wore everything though. Right. Like he, yes. he wore the yeah. slugs. He wore the Navy, uh, jerseys that Eichel would have worn. Um, he wore the winter classic alternates like a Finnegan off war or everything, but black and red is how I think. I kind of think of like Drury and Briere, to be honest in like the slug. Like, I, I do like, too. I yeah. do too. Even though it's only one year or those right? like, or those like old, like the, like where they kind of just like threw on the old throwback Jersey that year. Oh, we you know what I'm talking about. They did, everything yeah. else was still the slug, but they, they just like, Yes. It looked like they literally just put on like a warm-up jersey. With all the dark navy that didn't match the rest of the <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, they did do that. Um, so yeah, black and red, awesome. Um, Stu Barnes is another good name for this, right? Of you yes. would think of in the black yes, and red. Absolutely. I'm looking at Bobe's tweet and his uh replies. Um someone replied Vanek. Definitely not Vanek. Vanek wore played. Vanek, I don't I don't think of in these. No. No. Jeff Sanderson. That's pretty good. Not, he's 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 a good name, but like I wouldn't list him above any of the guys we've named. How about Tim Connolly? What uniform do you think of Tim Connolly in? That's pretty good. I, I mean, think he's that one's at because his... his best was that playoff run. Yes, his best was wearing black and red. Like ever since after that playoff run, he was always in and out, in and out, in and out. Like, yeah, became about... a frustrating player to be honest. Rob Ray. Is that black and red? <laughs> yes, iconic for sure. Yeah. Um, who else? I'm looking through the replies here. Jason Woolley, Jay McKee. Jay uh, McKee. Jay McKee's on there too. Yep. McKee would have been mostly black and red. Actually, maybe only black and red. 
Um, hmm. That's pretty good. We, we Verada. Verada's an I love the name. The name Such is unbelievable. Name. All right. Black and red. Oh, one other element of this. Um, the revert. We, did, we, did we talk about the reverse retros already? Do I have a brain fart here? Okay, we're good then. All right, we'll move on uh, to the UPL contract when we come back. Ukapeka Lukanen. We've been kind of hypothesizing what's going on here. Why is this taking so long? The other RFAs signed over a month ago. We have a contract, so we'll go through that when we come back, and then we'll get to 16 through 18 in our Sabres money and powerless. Both of those things when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We're brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Jordan's asking me before. I'm trying to formulate thoughts about Ukapeka Lukin, and he's asking me about, like, West Virginia tonight. Uh, or they're not playing, are they? We need are some they? locks. West Virginia's playing tonight. They are. Okay. So some college football <laughs> locks. Is that your lock for tonight, West Virginia? Uh, No. My my lock for tonight is I actually like the over in that game. The over in West – I don't even know who they're playing. West Virginia yeah, Pitt. Backyard brawl. That's pretty good, actually. That's that's pretty good. All right. I'm going to have to – I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch college football tonight. I wasn't planning on that, but I'm going to. Um, Pro football. One week away. One week away from Buffalo at L.A. Um, so we're getting closer Crazy. on the NFL. NBA. Hey, you want to throw a bet down <laughs> on the Cleveland Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell to win the NBA championship? What would those odds be? They can't be that high, right? I'm trying Do you to think they got like the updated odds in? I, I was going to say, did. so that trade happened about 20 minutes before we started recording. And I'll, I'll be very surprised if they have it up, but they might have it up. They do. They have it updated. The Cavs are plus 2,500 to win the NBA championship. That is just above Memphis, Minnesota, New Orleans, Toronto. It they is think just... the Cavs have a better chance to win the title than Memphis? Yeah, but they're behind wow. They're behind Dallas, Denver, Philadelphia, Miami. You would no, have them below Me- – would you put them below Memphis and Minnesota? Oh, wow. Memphis was like the two seed last year. I think I'd put Memphis above them, but I think I'd stop at Minnesota. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, who upgraded more, the Cavs or Minnesota? The Cavs. The Cavs. They got the better. They got the better jazz player. The Cavs. Yes. Yeah. You. This. Hey guys, this guy would know who the better jazz player is oh. right here. <laughs> yeah. They're they're gonna be really bad now. Take their under whatever it is. Probably like under like fifteen wins. Yeah. Also, <laughs> <laughs> we have not talked about these yet. Because we're going to save them for a, a, a betting spectacular uh, here on the Lockdown yes. Savers podcast. But there are over-unders and awards props for the Sabres and for Sabres players. So you can head over to betonline.net to check all that out. I'm very excited to talk about those lines uh, on our next show. Uh, Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports wagering needs. Bet Online, where the game starts. Joe DiBiase, Jordan Hanskin here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. All right, the other news for the Sabres in the last day. Ukapeka Lukanen finally signs. Very strange that he went so long without a contract. Olofsson signed over a month ago. Uh, Jacob Bryson signed two months ago. All the other RFAs. Asplin, uh, Asp, not Asplin. Um, oh, there's one other. Samuelson. There was one other that's escaping me right now that signed. Lukanen took forever. He just signs right before we get to September. It's a two-year deal, $800,000 per year. The money was never really the issue here, though. One-way contract versus two-way contract was the issue. 
So Lukanen's contract is a two-way contract in year one and a one-way contract in year two. So do you like that that's happened, that it's a two-way contract for this season? And do you like that it's a one-way contract next year? So I guess where do you land on what ended up happening here? Um. So the more I think about it, I think that Ukapaka Lukanen's probably going to be on the Sabres this year, even if it is a two-way. I think it just gives the Sabres the option to not have to waive him. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I fully expect him to be here. If he didn't, like, something went really bad. Like, he was either really bad or injury or whatnot. I don't know. Um, but, like, I, I just have a hard time believing that they they don't want to see what they have in him before they start dealing with Levi and Portillo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think... I think he's going to have an opportunity to win a job at some point. I don't mm-hmm. think it's for night one of the season. I think okay. it's probably written in stone that he starts the year in Rochester. But I'll say this. He has two, three strong weeks with the Amherst. Weeks, not months. Weeks with the Amherst. And I think he could he could play his way into an NHL spot. And I would want to bet. I'm not sure it'll happen that quickly. I'd want to bet, though, by the end of the season, he's a full-time saber. I think I want to make that bet. I think... I think the Sabres, what they want, what they would probably want in the best case scenario is he starts the year in Rochester, proves to them that he's on the right development track, proves to them he can stay healthy, and he takes Craig Anderson's spot. And Anderson just goes to Bermuda. He just <laughs> fades away into retirement. Um, just kind of disappears. So I, I think that's the best outcome. I think Anderson is insurance for Lucan in, in some ways. But I think where you want to land where the Sabres want to land is going into 2023, knowing who your two goalies are, Eric Comrie and Uka Pekalukinen. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, the Craig Anderson factor, I think what you laid out made a lot of sense. Um, Look at yeah, it, by the I way. just think, I do think there is a chance though, that like he could just beat Craig out in training game. And the Sabres just be like, Craig, thanks for your time. Or, like, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that could be right. And maybe Anderson would even, uh, start that. Craig like, might be like, no, please, <laughs> thank you. It's like, guys, if, if he's gonna be if he's gonna be here in a week anyway, just let him, let's gonna go now. Gonna yeah. Go. Um, Lukanen, by the way, was good in the NHL last year. It was only nine games, so five hundred minutes, but a nine seventeen save percentage. It was one of the best marks on the Sabers. I think only Hauser beat him out, and Hauser was in two games, whereas Lukanen was nine. So, uh, some promising signs at the NHL level which has been curious because we haven't seen a lot of promising signs at the AHL level. So um, very weird development with him, uh, but we'll uh, we'll see where it goes in training camp. And is that lack of interest in the AHL or is it like, but I guess that's a red flag for an organization, right? Like you, you can't even take the time to like work hard in the AHL or something. I mean, he was a couple weeks away from a holdout. Like that might be all the proof you need that he has no interest in the AHL, right? Right. So, right. So that's like what I mean. Like, for, he fought for the one way. Like it doesn't. I don't think he. It means that he stinks in the AHL and is good in the NHL. Like that doesn't make sense. Right. It's got to right. be something like. It's got to be something like that. But mm-hmm. like, if you're talking about like character, that's that's not a good. That's not a what you want to hear. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's not what you want to hear from AHL coaches. Yeah, that's right. All right, so that's the news on Lukanen. We can continue on with our Sabres money and power list. So our full list so far, the top 30 most influential and important individuals to the success 
of the Buffalo Sabres. 30, Eric Portillo. 29, Seth Appert. 28, Rasmus Asplund. 27, Yoki Haru. 26, Matt Ellis. 25, Yuri Kulich. 24, Noah Oslin. Number 23, Darlene's agent, Craig Oser. 22 was UPL, Ukapeka Lukanen. 21, I had Jeff Skinner. 20, Ryan Johnson. And 19, Jerry Fortin. Number 18 on our list is Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs comes in on the list at 18. He's not necessarily a – what do I want here? Because he, I, I was going to say he's not a foundational piece. He might be, though. He He might be. He could also fall into the category of being a supporting cast guy to more important players, and I think that would still be acceptable. He's maybe a secondary prospect right now behind Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka, um, or maybe he's on that level. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit, but this past year, 48 games played for the Sabres, 7 goals, 15 assists for 22 points, so almost a 40-point pace if you were to pace that out over 82 games. And the points for 60 minutes was even higher because he did that playing only 14 minutes a night. A lot of playmaking skill. He might be the best pure playmaker on the Sabres already, but there is a lot to be desired for with his finishing ability, when to choose to shoot and when to choose to pass. He's a very pass-first player. Not all that big, not all that strong in his own end. So not necessarily a complete player, but again, a pure playmaker that should factor into the Sabres' top six. and. The other reason I'd have him this high is he's very meaningful to the Sabres reputation just because he's in the Jack Eichel trade that like Kevin Adams will be judged on that Jack Eichel trade, which means he'll be judged on how good Peyton Krebs becomes. The organization will be judged by people on the outside by how good Peyton Krebs becomes. So uh, there's not, not all the weight in the world is on his shoulders, but there's, there's some weight on his shoulders, some pressure on him. I think to turn into a nice player, but I would say there are positive signs that that is uh, beginning to happen with him already. And the other thing I'll say on him is he, you got, he gets a little bit extra time than some of these other prospects because his whole development track was derailed by tearing his Achilles in juniors. I mean, that set him back maybe two years of development. So where he's at now at 21, he could have been there by 19 if the Achilles didn't rupture and really throw him off track. So he's still, I think, uh, working his way back uh, from that, from not playing hockey for two years or a year and a half, however long it was. All right. Number 17 on my list is previously mentioned JJ Paterka. I think Paterka is the 17th most influential individual in this organization because of the massive potential that he carries. And I'm very excited to see the potential that he carries. The reason I have him above Krebs, he's a more complete player. He is faster than Krebs. He's bigger than Krebs. He has a better shot than Krebs. And while Krebs is a better playmaker, Paterka still has plenty of playmaking ability as well. Now, he has not played yet in the NHL other than the two games this past season, which we didn't get much of a look at him. But because of the raw skill he has and how good he was in the AHL last year, I would be projecting he's going to be a top six player. And I think sky's the limit. I could see him being a star player Krebs. I might want to stop just short of that because there are some limitations. So that's why Paterka one spot above Peyton Krebs. Cause I think sky is the limit with this kid. And that will be another guy that'll kind of go to uh, Adam's resume because he was a second round pick and the Sabres have not hit him any second round picks. Although another second round pick they hit on is my number 16 
person on the Sabres money and power list. And that is Matthias Samuelson, who has developed into a top four defenseman already for the Buffalo Sabres. He, unlike Paterka, doesn't carry, I don't think, star potential. He just present, presents potential to be a rock-solid defenseman for a decade. And he gives you that he gives you that big physical style of defenseman, but in the modern style that you kind of need. Ristolainen, uh, uh, Bogosian, that was my number one trait is physicality and taking you out from the front of the net. Samuelson does that, but he's a better passer. He's He's got more awareness. He's got a better feel for the game. So he gives you the physicality you need. He's not necessarily a mean defenseman like Ristolainen was, but the guy's six foot six. I mean, he's not going to have a problem throwing his weight around. He's not going to crush you over the middle like Dion Phaneuf or Scott Stevens. But I think he gives you the physicality and he gives you the skill set that you need in a big body like that in today's NHL. I love Samuelson. I thought he was awesome last year. I am stunned by this because I hated him as a prospect. I hated the pick because he, he wasn't fast. But, well, I'll say this. I wrote him off for not being fast. He's a good skater. He's definitely not fast. He is slow. I will not – I will say that. He's a slow defenseman. But there was one play last year that I'll always remember was the first moment where I went, oh, his skating's not going to be a problem. The Sabres were playing in Toronto, and he was getting matched up. Granado was putting Samuelson out there against the Matthews line, and Matthews was flying down the right wing, and he turned Samuelson inside out. He faked going around the outside and cut to the middle, and he got – Samuelson turned around, but Samuelson flipped his hips and took one stride and made up the ground that Matthews had just earned, which was a pretty wide area to be able to shoot the puck. And Samuelson made up that ground in one slide because he's so powerful and smooth with his skating and he got a stick in the lane and it deflected and went out of play. That was the moment where I went, oh, he's slow, but He's he he he's gonna get by. He's he's got the skating, the edge work. He's got the ability to make up for it. So Samuelson, I'm super impressed. I would have never had him this high a year ago if we were doing this list. But I come away very impressed, and I think he's top four defenseman on this team for a very long time. So Samuelson 16, Paterka 17, Krebs 18. Um, would you kind of consider like this is the right territory for all three because their value is probably all pretty similar. Yeah, so they're all like either like a second guy in a trade or second round picks. Um, so sure. they're not there's like the expectations of them are not that high. Aside from I guess you would say Paterka, right? Paterka has been the sure. talk of the town for a couple of years now. Um, and he's getting this like pairing with Quinn that they're like the the twin saviors of the of the yeah. team in a way right now. Like there's there is some added pressure to both of them. Um, but I, I like the spots for all these guys. Um, I think Samuelson was a revelation. I agreed with everything you said with him. Like, I thought he was like a necessary addition to our team, like at a position that we were like, oh no, like this, this could be like really bad. And like, he like turned out to have developed into something pretty good and somebody that they put a lot of trust in. Like he was playing like left-hand D left-hand D with Darlene. Yeah. Um, so he was like being tasked with being the sure thing, left-handed defenseman and let Darlene be like the off hand, like D man that could like 
get into trouble, right? Like that's not traditional. And I thought he handled it like pretty brilliantly and was like actually looked pretty good with that lean. Yeah. Um so yeah, like I, I thought the list was I thought the list was good. Um and yeah, like I I'm I'm in, I'm I like this. I like this list. It's like influential, not yes. like not like uh whatever, like a power ranking. I sure. think that's I think that's more interesting. If I could I, label I, like, I like the series. If I could label these three, I might label them the sidekicks. Right? Cre- yeah. uh Samuelson is the sidekick for Power and Dalene. Paterka mm-hmm. is the sidekick for Quinn. And Krebs is the sidekick for like Tuck. you know Tuck. Yeah, right, exactly. But they're good sidekicks. Who are the who are the good sidekicks? I was gonna call them Robins, but is that is that insulting? Robin, Robin, I mean what <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he's a good sidekick. I feel like he's the sidekick you think of, though, isn't he? Who are the great sidekicks of all time? I'm gonna look. It uh, okay, I. <laughs> this is funny. Well, I it's like it's like it's like uh, what's the what's the old western movie? Um, you know what I'm talking about like the. No, oh, butching, but uh, butching Butch Cass- <laughs> the Sundance Kid or Sun- something Sundance like that, Kid, like, yeah. right? Like we're so young. Or are um, they like a pairing? I don't even know if they're like a sidekick. Are they like even footing? I maybe. I just looked up the greatest sidekicks of all time, and Chewbacca was the first name. That's a number one. That's an elite sidekick. He's an elite sidekick. Goose, <laughs> Goose from Top Gun is okay. another one. Uh, Gromit from Wallace and Gromit. Samwise uh, from Sam. Samwise is an elite sidekick. Like okay. the most loyal of sidekicks. All right. Well, the, these are the sidekick. This, the, this is the company that you want. What about to be like? In. Let's do. Let's do one for the young crowd, like uh, the Marvel. Uh, would it be like Happy to uh, Iron Man, like John Favreau's character? Yeah, I, I was. Th- I thought you were gonna go Spider Man. That would be insulting. Spider Man people will attack me for that. I, I know, but they don't like that. They don't like that. Basically, Tony Stark sidekick in like three movies. <laughs> is it? It was a mentor apprentice thing. Uh huh. Uh, Donkey from Shrek is also listed on this. Thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to call Samuel like Krebs Donkey, but the greatest sidekicks of all time. This is a great yeah. list. Jesse Pinkman makes the list. Oh. Great sidekick. Is he a sidekick? Yeah. Yeah, he's a sidekick. What else? <laughs> Until, yeah, the end. He is. Until the end, he is right. no longer then a sidekick. He, yeah, no. Then we'll spoil it for you. <laughs> all right. Uh, Samuelson, Paterka, Krebs. I mentioned our uh, our betting spectacular. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be on our next episode. I can't wait to do it. There are Calder Trophy odds. There are Hart Trophy odds that involve Saber players. Rocket Richard Trophy odds. Norris Vesna. The Vesna one won't we won't spend too much time on. Um, and then also over unders, over under point totals for the Sabers. Um, we'll get into all that on our upcoming episodes. So a bit of a bet online theme. Uh, coming your way next time at sneaky joe sports follow me on twitter jordan's at jr hanskin check out the youtube channel uh give us a subscribe and uh give us a question in the review section or the uh, comment section if you're uh, so inclined all right that's it for us here in the lockdown sabers podcast thanks for making us your first listen every day now go make your second listen lockdown nhl lockdown nhl experts giving you a daily 30 minute podcast on all things nhl all year long